you're hungry, because you're listening to Everybody Eats. Welcome back. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your boy, Bensky Belazare. We have Edom XP co-host on the line, and we're here with Mr. Ty Watson. Sir. Mr. Ty Watson. So, today we have a really good episode. Today is going to be really educational. We're going to be talking about LLCs and options trading, right? So, there's a lot to learn. Some of you guys, um, I feel like, will definitely benefit and will bring you some value. So make sure that you're checking us out on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, CastBox, wherever you listen to, we are on there. And make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Um, it's finally up, right? So we have our videos I've been posting and editing. So this video should be up this week. Um, so make sure you like, subscribe to our videos, share it with your friends. Make sure you're checking us out on Instagram. We post our little snippets, videos, content, articles, um, other influencers, other podcasts. We have a lot of information up on the Instagram. That's at everybody underscore eats podcast on Instagram. And we're about to start a TikTok. So for those who are on TikTok, we'll be on there shortly. So after all that, let's start with today's episode. So Mr. Ty Watson, could you just introduce what do you do, where are you from, what do you do, and your interests? Okay. Um, so like you said, my name is Ty Watson. Um, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, you know, shouts out to NY. Shout out to NY. Um, so right now, I specialize in creating LLCs, uh, structuring LLCs for any entrepreneur. Um, also, even if you're not an entrepreneur, but you have a business idea, uh, my goal is really just to make sure or break that uh, common misconception that you need to have an actual product. Um, also, trade options. Um, so I want to enter the space into getting people to get comfortable getting into the stock market. Also, just taking full advantage of their portfolio, because the minute you hand your money over to someone, you're no longer in control. So my job is really just to make sure you take full advantage of your portfolio. Got you, got you. So you said starting off with making, um, helping people out with LLCs. Mm -hmm. So let's start, what is an LLC? Yeah. What is that for? For people who don't know anything, right. um, where, what is that process, what is that? Okay, so an LLC, a limited liability company, um, it's one of a business, it's one business structure. Uh, you have other business structures. You have S-Corps, C-Corps, you have sole proprietors. Uh, but an LLC is fairly new. Um, you know, it started in the state of Wyoming. Okay. Um, it's a it's a business entity that's actually going to protect you and your personal assets, and it's going to make you a separate entity from your business. So okay. it's going to protect your personal assets, but it's also going to give you the opportunity to take full advantage of all tax deductions and credits from being a business owner. Okay. So if you know if you're in like a, a risky business, um, I wouldn't say real estate is a risky business, but let's say for instance if you're a landlord and you're renting out your your home to someone. Uh, you can possibly be sued if something happens to that tenant. Mm. But what a limited liability company at LLC, what that's going to do, it's going to protect you in the event if you're sued from you having to liquidate any of your personal assets in the event of anything happening. Got you. So like you said, it's a layer of protection. Yeah. So if someone sues the LLC, they're not touching your personal money that's in your pocket. Yeah. They'll be touching the money that's associated with the LLC. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, like you said, it's the word, I think the key word is entity. So yeah. it's its own entity. It's yeah. like its own being, its own, it's separate from you. Obviously, you you know there's there's members, and I know there's the structure of it can be a little, you can be part of it, but when it comes to liability of you know I guess personal or financial liability, right. it takes right. that off of yourself. Absolutely, which is why it's limited. Gotcha. Yeah, and then that protection that is going to give you the term is called corporate veil. So you're going to have that corporate veil protection. Um, there are times you know if it's not structured properly, uh, let's say something happens, the court can pierce the corporate veil. That's you know the term that they use. Okay. And your personal assets can be. At stake, but that's why you know you need to make sure you have everything structured in place, the operating agreement, and that operating agreement is huge. Gotcha. That's what puts that corporate veil in place. Gotcha. So can we start more? Uh, go 
talk more about yeah. that. Um, so actually, how do you go about structuring it, right? So yeah. I have you know a business I want to do. Mm -hmm. I sell shirts, and I want to um, create Kilty Style. I want to turn Kilty Style into an LLC. How do I go about that? Yeah. So it's actually easier than what a lot of people think. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you do have the option to consult with more so like an accountant, a lawyer, whatnot. But I mean, it's 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 made easy to go just on a state of secretary, um, of any state if you want to incorporate it in. You don't necessarily have to incorporate it in a state that you're going to be doing business in, mm. um, which is why Delaware is one of the number number one states that a lot of these Fortune 500 companies are incorporated in for tax purposes, gotcha. for for protection purposes. Yeah. Um, but you can literally just go to the state secretary website. Um, well, as long as you have the business name, as long as the name isn't taken, and you just follow it, fill out the information. You have to have a registered agent. That registered agent does have to be physically located in that state. Um, there are ways to, you know, get a physical agent in the state that you want to incorporate. But all you need is the physical agent, a business name, members, managers, and yeah, uh, a physical address. So and, you much, can, and you can have the LLC. How much does that cost? Around? So the, the the fees vary by okay. state. I mean, it can range anywhere from hundred bucks to seven hundred bucks. It just oh, depends wow. on the state. Okay. Yeah. And do different states have different either requirements or like what's uh, what's the difference? Why can't I just do like say like a national LLC or something right, like that? Right. So now you do have to pick a state to be incorporated in, um, just mainly for tax purposes. Okay. So when it comes to you know filing, uh, whether it's state taxes or federal taxes, there is a state you may have to pay taxes to. And of course, with the federal government, they need to know where you're going to be located or you know certain places you're going to be conducting business in. Um, but also too, it's just one of those things. The requirements going to that question. There are certain states that do require an annual filing and also annual uh, fees. Okay. Now, there are states that don't require it. Yeah. So you'll have states like New Mexico, you'll have states like Delaware, uh, which is very minimal. But at the same time, you do have certain states that require just a little bit more. Uh, but like I said, you can choose a state based off of the operations and what you want to take out and if you feel the need to do any type of annual paperwork. I know for me, when I started out, my business wasn't um, as huge or as large. Yeah. I'm not saying it's large now, I'm just speaking it's in existence. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel the need to have to file any annual paperwork or pay any annual fees. Mm. So I started out in a state where it's like, hey, I just want to at least get incorporated so I can start qualifying for business deductions, tax credits, um, and just get the ball rolling. And then once I get to a certain point, I'm going to restructure it and uh, just incorporate in another state. Got it, got it. So, hey, that's some I have a question for you. Yeah. I have one question, sorry. Um, so for a company like Amazon. Um, are there any like caveats or anything tricky about how they do business? Because um, you know they technically do business in all fifty states, and um, they have that corporate veil. Is there anything like special in their case? Since for the most, I mean, I personally, I'm not sure, but I don't think uh, every company that's an LLC is doing business in all fifty states, mm -hmm. and so. Um, is there anything tax-wise that they might be uh, benefiting from, I should say? That's the word? Yeah, so now with Amazon, how can I say this? With companies that large, you know, they have yeah. like literally like legal teams that find tax credits and deductions for them. I don't know if they're registered as an LLC, but they are registered in the state of Delaware. So that's going to give them an opportunity to avoid paying state taxes. Mm. You know, everybody has this misconception when you have a conversation with them about Amazon. They're like, oh, the first thing they say is Amazon didn't pay any taxes, yeah. which isn't true. They didn't pay any state taxes. They paid federal taxes. They paid, uh, they paid taxes in regards to like employee taxes and whatnot. Yeah. So the fact that they're uh, incorporated in the state that they're in and the way they're incorporated allowed them to have a tax credit, mm. which waived, more so waived, the tax expense to the state. So yes, they've paid taxes, 
But the, the benefit to them is the way they were structured and where they were structured, they were able to qualify for the credit. And obviously, Amazon, man, they 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 hire almost 200,000 people worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're hiring 200,000 people, these are 200,000 plus people that are paying more taxes. Mm. They're going to go to the inner cities and grow the, the communities because they're gonna these 200,000 people are going to go to the mom and pop shops. They're going to go to the Targets. They're going to go to the Walmarts. Yeah. So they're, they're generating more money for the, for the economy, yeah. which in turn, which is why they qualify for all these tax credits. Got you, got you. I think that's um, one thing that's uh, interesting that you said. A lot of times when you hear these conversations, you hear like, oh, they didn't pay any taxes this time a third. And people kind of have this like, um, I don't want to say they get upset, but I don't think they fully understand all like the tax benefits and deductions mm -hmm. and what that means mm -hmm. and how to, it's not like necessarily they're cheating the system, but they're just using the rules right. in the system. Right. And I think that some people just need to be educated and they need to know that these rules are in place, right? And they're just taking, they're just, benefiting from the rules that are already there. Absolutely. For example, when you talk about an LLC, I've been seeing a lot of posts um, just on like my feed about how a lot of things can be, like you said, deducted from mm -hmm. taxes, right? So you could pay less taxes. And you think, sometimes you think of these, you hear these uh, super rich people paying like solo taxes and you're right. like, how are they doing that? Right. You know what I mean? You're making all this money, they must be cheating. No, they're just all. using the tax rules that are already in place. The only thing that's different between from, you know, from sometimes either the common person or like the rich person taking advantage is the knowledge. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's important. Once you understand that you can benefit from the same tax deductions, you can benefit from the same things if you know about it and you implement them and put them to use. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And then that's where people like, you know, Ty mm -hmm. helping people set up LLCs. So you can have an LLC on either your small business or, you know, on your personal LLC. Right. And you could take this, you can take advantage of similar or the same, you know, tax deductions and tax benefits. Absolutely. You just have to be informed. Yeah. And that's where we come in. Trying to show the people, trying to like spread the, spread that information. Right. And two things. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned rich people. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, and, uh, you know, this is kind of, you know, giving out um, some information. So, I don't know if you ever noticed why there's so many charities but so little change. Because mm. 501c3 is huge tax credits. Mm. Nonprofits. Yes, nonprofits. That's actually, you know, we're going to be starting to yeah. uh, interviewing a few nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah, you always, hear, you always hear, you know, like these billionaires, oh, they're pledging half of their wealth. Yeah. Well, it's asset protection and, of course, tax credits. Because yeah, yeah. once, the 501, technically a 501c3, once you start it, it's not yours. You know, it's, it's the board that you set. Mm. But... If anything were to happen to that person, the money that they've transferred over, that they pledge half of their wealth to in a 501c3 can't yeah. be touched. Mm. And it's tax-free. So that's asset protection right there. That's a form of asset protection. That's true. Another thing going back to, you know, just following the rules. So the, the tax code is made for two people. The, the wage earner, the W-2 employee, and also business owners. But who makes the rules? The business owners. That's right, that's so who are they going to make the rules to benefit? The business owners. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I don't want to turn this into, you know, anything like political, but... Yeah. The reason why the tax reform is a tax reform now is because who's in office? That's true. You get what I'm saying? And, and really, the tax code changed based off of who's in office. Yeah. Um, before before the 2017 tax reform, um, you know, business owners were able to write off 50% of a, a private jet. Trump came in with his tax reform. Now you can write off 100%. <laughs> you know, in, in 2018, yeah. in 2018, Wall Street executives, uh, at a record, yeah. they actually bought more jets in that year than any other time. Before. Wow. Yeah. 
They just took advantage of it. Wow. They just took advantage of it. We were talking about that video of Grant Cardone talking <laughs> yes. about he just bought he a, wrote off the jet. He wrote off a whole yeah. jet. And we were like, how do you and ride he, off a jet? But and he wrote it off to wipe out his tax expense. Yeah, exactly. So you're either going to pay the money to Uncle Sam. Yeah. Or we can put it towards the business. Yeah. Now, it does have to be ordinary and necessary. But yeah. you define what's or ordinary and necessary, necessary for your yeah. business. If, you, if you're going cross country, yeah. you know, once a week. Absolutely. You're going to need a private Absolutely. jet to take you there, you know. And we're not at all saying just go spending money just yeah, to yeah. lower your expenses. Because yeah. it has to be for the business yeah because yeah. that's how a lot of people get into trouble and whatnot yeah. but if it's for the business take yeah. your credit take your deduction uh grant cardone also he had a post that saying uh he said don't buy it if you can't write it off that is true you know and that's that very true. important so it makes you really realize of what is necessary to purchase right. and keep you a little bit more conscious of like uh -huh. maybe i should invest in this because it's you know it's a write-off yeah. and it'll benefit the business Absolutely. instead of just buying this and then like uh, you know i believe in that until i go to the bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure but yeah, so that's just a couple of gems. Um, so before before we end this segment, can we talk about briefly the operating agreement? I know yeah. we were speaking about, um, for those who don't know, Ty actually helped me set up my LLC for Kilty Styles. Um, so actually, well, our LLC, right? So uh, I'm excited for once that you know becomes fully official. Absolutely. So one thing that we went over was the operating agreement. Yeah. So um, as I said, the operating agreement is not necessary, but highly, highly recommended mm -hmm. and highly requested. So what is the operating agreement? What is it about? What's yeah. the purpose? Now the operating agreement does not have to be complex. It's what you make it. Your operating agreement can be one page, it could be 10 pages. Mm. Um, it has to, it's, it's just really uh, an agreement between you and your members yeah. on, hey, how are we going to structure this business? Yeah. How long are we going to keep it in business? If one of us wants to leave, what's going to happen with your interests, your ownership interests in the company? Mm. Are we going to bring on any more members in the future? What happens with that? Yeah. Um, so it's really how you and your business partners, your members, how you sit down and want to structure your company. But the, the main important things, obviously, you know, the business name needs to be in there, ownership interests, if you want to bring in any, any managers, Who's gonna be in charge of what? Um, God forbid, you know, we don't like a talk. We don't like talking about it, but God forbid, if anyone passes away, what's gonna happen there? Yeah. So it's like a how can I say this? It's like a prenup for your for your business. Yeah, you're yeah. just making sure everything is in order. At the same time, it is gonna give you that protection to set that corporate veil. That way, the court system know that you like okay, they are actually handling business. Yeah, yeah. Because if you don't have an operating agreement, like granted, you can have all of your your business documents in order, but if you don't have an operating agreement, that is one sign that you're not operating your business as a business. Mm. Yeah. So it's just the the rules and regulations that you're setting for your business. Gotcha. It's like the constitution, yep. foundation, Absolutely. framework, just so you can have on paper, you know, and maybe you're starting off small and you think, oh, I don't really need it, it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. But if and when you grow and it becomes a little bit more complex, you want kind of uh, a framework, a set of rules that can be like, all right, we can go back to this, this is how we set it up. Absolutely. And like you said, some things are not necessarily set in stone. Not they can change You can change it any time, grow. literally. Yeah. You can change your operating agreement every day if you want. Mm. Seriously. It's just a process. Yeah. 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 For sure, for sure. But definitely, so that's one thing that we went through and mm -hmm. then sat down. So one thing I really appreciate about Ty is that not only did he just like help me with the LLC, he helped me understand what it was, right? So it wasn't just like sign here, what's this, what's that. It's breaking down like how how it works, why why you should have it, and things like that. And that's another thing that I think that's really important that I've noticed starting my business. It's you know learning learning the whys and the processes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You don't have to necessarily have to get too deep. I don't have to become now an LLC specialist, right. but I have to right. understand like the purpose, why I'm doing it, just so you know mm -hmm. I have that better understanding for myself. And it's not just sign here, do this, do that. Absolutely. You know, you're just like blindly going along. I think it's really important that, um, especially as an entrepreneur, if you're starting your own business, kind of. Um, definitely be informed of as many things as possible. Mm -hmm. um, you never want to be caught off guard right. of like, oh, I didn't know that I signed this. Oh, right. I didn't know that right. you know this is how it was set up. Like mm -hmm. you should know 
what you're doing, why you're doing it, just so you can have that framework and so people can't just question you, question Absolutely. your authority, question Absolutely. things like that. And it's big you say that because it goes into organization, yeah. right? You know, also too, another thing that you need to be um, on top of is saving everything. Mm. You know, you, you're spending money for the business, you know, you need to have, you know, God forbid if you ordered, Uncle Sam comes knocking on your door, yeah. can you prove why this is for your business? Yeah. And it's not necessarily saying if they come knocking on your door, you're a bad person. Yeah. They just want to see like, okay, what part of the business did you use this for? Okay, yeah. cool. The deduction is approved. Gotcha. So with that being said, there are uh, systems like software is very inexpensive. Um, you know, we, we automatically associate complexity, you know, ex um, large expenses to starting a business. When you can ha organize all of your expenses in QuickBooks, self-employed, yeah. it's an app. Yeah. For just four bucks a month. Yeah. Right. So it's just really one of those things where we need to change the narrative where we can get started. And even if you're not profitable, the, the IRS is going to give you out of five years, they're going to give you three years to to have a loss. Yeah. So if you're, you're racking up expenses to get that profit, the IRS is still going to consider, consider you a business. Mm. And, and, and after, let's say, for instance, you go five years, if the last three years you didn't make any profit, then they're going to consider, consider a hobby. Okay. So they're going to give you three years to make a profit. So don't, don't always sit like, hey, well, I'm not selling anything. I'm not making anything. You have three years. Oh, I see. And even if you don't make a profit after that, you can write those losses off. Got it. Or at the end of the day, if, let's say, for instance, you still hit that five-year mark, just create another LLC. Got it. And start over. Got it. Hey, see, that's some gems that we're giving out here. So I give you a free one. Yeah, I think that's some that's some encouragement for those. <laughs> that's an encouragement for those if you're starting off and maybe feeling a little bit discouraged. That's a little bit of encouragement um, for for those type of people, and also just you know some information and keep you keep you pushing, keep you doing what you keep doing what you're doing. So, Eden, do you have anything anything left to say with the segment? Uh, when you first started off, you said um, you help people. You can help people start a business without necessarily having a product. Mm -hmm. I I want you to elaborate on that. That's yeah. Cool. So you don't when you're following the paperwork for your LLC, they're not asking you, okay, what product do you have? What tangible product or what tangible service that you're selling? Yeah. They just want to know how can we classify your business. Let's say for instance, if you're into consulting. Yeah. Okay, I'm a consultant. Okay, click consultant. Yeah. Go on with the paperwork. Yeah. They're gonna approve your LLC as long as everything is filed right. You'll have your documentation. Nobody's going to come saying, hey, we need to see the product or service that you're selling. Yeah. They're just going to give you time to, you know, get your product and get your business up and running. And you'll have your LLC. Yeah, for sure. So I remember when we set up the LLC, it was just a list yeah. of uh, different things to choose from. And mm -hmm. then from there, you just... You and know, I'm glad you were able to see it. You saw yeah, how yeah. easy it was, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, I think that covers everything regarding LLC. So we'll take a quick break now, and then we'll go to our next segments. <laughs> Welcome back to Everybody Eats. We just finished our first segment. Now we're going to go into the word of the day, uh, quote of the day, whatever you want to call it. Um, Edom has that for us. So what is it? Uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link, so you've got to make sure everybody in your crew is on point. Mm. Now, I was thinking... I was thinking something military-wise, but when you said on point, at first I was thinking Colin Powell, but he, I don't sound like he talking. <laughs> I want to say Jay Z, but I, I feel like I'm wrong. Nah, no Jay Z. How many guesses we get? Like three. Three? Uh, uh, yeah, three. So I'll say it again. You're only strong. Sorry. You're only as strong as your weakest link. So make sure everybody in your crew is on point. What era was like? Was this is an old head. Old head. <laughs> nah, bro, nah. Is it, wait, this is a song lyric. 
It's not a song lyric. A, a rapper said it. A rapper said it? Okay, alright. Nas? Yeah. No. Damn. That's too fast. I'm Jay, thinking too old. We're thinking too old. Oh, okay, okay. He said we're thinking too old. What? Nas isn't really that old, though. I mean, future. Drake. That's <laughs> like some Drake would say. Nah. All right, who is it? Oh, T.I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he would have said expedition. That's right, that's right, right. <laughs> yeah, who is it? It's uh, Joey Badass. Joey Badass. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. I forgot, you, nah, I, didn't... I forgot he even existed yet. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Brooklyn, too. <laughs> I'm joking, bro. He's going to drop another album. That's yeah. why, bro. I think, I think 2020, he said he's going to be dropping something. Better. We'll see. We'll see. It's his birthday this month, right? So drop some. Nuts. I need. I need to give him another chance. Now that he brought him up, I'm gonna bump it on the way. Nah, he's good. Nah, for sure. For sure. He's good. He's good. Him and his crew good. For sure. But all right. So uh, yeah. that's, that was the word of the day. And after this, we'll go into our next segment. We'll talk about options trading. All right. All right. So we are back for our last segment of the Everybody Eats episode. Uh, we're talking about options trading. So I'm not too too. I know. Uh, of it, I'm not too too familiar. So, could you? What are options? What is options trading? Well, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. What yeah. is all that? <laughs> so, stock options, um, they're derivative. So, they're going to give you. So, derivative it derives off of an underlying. Now, the underlying can be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the stock market. Okay. That underlying can be a piece of property. Okay. That underlying can be these MacBook computers. Okay. But when it comes to a derivative with stock options, they derive off a of stock. So, you're going to trade a contract based off of the price movement and the quantity amount of stock that you want to control. So for instance, I know that probably sounds you know complex. Yeah, I, gotta, yeah. I gotta work on yeah, breaking break it down. down, break huh? it down yeah. <laughs> so let's say for instance, if you wanted to buy 100 shares of Bank of America, okay. right? and let's say it's just trading at $30, for easy math purposes, we'll say $30. Yeah. Obviously you're gonna have to shell out $3,000 yeah. right out of pocket. But if you wanted to control 100 shares, not own it at the moment, you would use a stock option. Hmm. So one contract, would give you the right to manage or control 100 shares, but you don't have to come out of pocket for 100 shares worth of, of Bank of America. So you wouldn't have to come out with the 3,000? No, so okay. the, the premium, the debit that you would pay to lock that in, because you are gonna lock it in for a specified amount of time, because that contract is gonna expire, <clears throat> which is one disadvantage of trading options. But let's say for instance, you lock in a price at $29. So you would pay whoever owns the shares, because there has to be a seller. There has okay. to be somebody on the other end to fill your position. Um, so they would, they would say, hey, give me $2, but it's really $200 because that contract equals 100 shares. So you have to multiply what you're paying by 100. Okay. So you would pay the $2 to lock in the stock price at $29 when it's already trading at 30, and it's gonna give you the option to, in the future, if you wanna buy the stock at $29 or if you just wanna walk away from it as a whole. So now, instead of you paying $3,000 to own 100 shares, you just pay $200 to control the same amount of shares. Mm. And you can still have the same benefit as long as the stock price increase. Gotcha. So the option is going to give you the option okay. to either buy it in the future or just benefit from the, the rise in stock price and then you can just walk away and take your profits. Got it. So, But you don't actually own it. You don't. You kind of just, yeah. you're paying to kind of like monitor yeah. it a little bit. Uh -huh. okay. So it's, it's similar, how can I say this? It's similar to wholesaling, but wholesaling you don't usually pay to get the house under contract. Yeah. But with, with when you have that home under contract, you have equity in that contract mm. because you can assign it for a higher price. And that's the same concept when it comes to options. You want to buy it at one price and you want to buy uh, sell it back to the market for a higher price. Yeah. So it's really just like like wholesaling. You don't own it, but you have equity, ownership equity in that contract. 
Got so it. So something similar to that. Got it, got it. So what would you say are the, is the process to do that? Yeah. So, yeah. So for starters, because it, it does derive off a of stock, you know, the best would be to understand how the stock, stock market works. Yeah. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be complex. I mean, nowadays with technology in our pocket, man, we can just go online and Investopedia or whatever brokerage account you're using. The good thing about them, they want you to be educated. Yeah. So they have educational tabs on, you know, whatever brokerage account you're, you're using. Um, I mean, literally takes, what, 10 to 15 minutes a day to just read, like, a little, uh, a little newsletter. I mean, we spend, what, 30 minutes a day probably on social media? More. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you can just yeah. take that time. Just read up on what a stock is. You yeah, know, yeah. How, does a, how does a company make money? Yeah. How, how are the profits distributed throughout the stock market? Yeah. Um, also, too, you know, a lot of people, you know, they get, uh, how can I say this? They get, they have doubts about the stock market because they're like, hey, you know, my buddy is losing money or everybody's losing money. But what they fail to realize is the money just isn't going anywhere. It's yeah. going to people who are winning. It's mm. going to people who are using strategies that took the other side of your trade yeah. and they made an educated decision. Mm. Nobody knows what the stock market is going to do. If anybody says, hey, this is the magic trade. I know what the market is doing. Run. Yeah. Because nobody knows. They would yeah. be on a beach somewhere in Greece just retired. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah. what I'm saying? So, I mean, you have metrics in place. You have factors in place. You have past history numbers in place where you can at least make a decision. Yeah. But that goes back into why I love options because you can be wrong and still make money. Mm. You don't necessarily have to be right in the okay. direction. The stock price can just sit and not go anywhere and you can still make money with options. Okay. With the stock, that's not the, that's not really the case. You can only make money if the stock price increase, if you're buying, and if you're shorting, you can only make money if the stock price decreases. But with options, you can curate a strategy where you can make money if the stock price stays the same, decreases, or even increases. Could you briefly touch that on yeah. like how that works? Yeah. yeah, so let's say for instance, if you were to buy a call option. Okay. You're only gonna make money if the stock price increase. Okay. If you were to buy a put, Put is really more so uh, in related to like insurance. So if you buy a put, that means you're equivalent to shorten it. So you want the stock price to decrease. But if you were to combine them to those two strategies, you would have a neutral strategy. Mm. Now, typically when you're buying options, your success of winning is lower than if you were to sell options. Mm. Um, I sell options primarily more than I buy options. Now with me selling, it doesn't necessarily, when I say shorting, and this is where the lingo kind of gets uh, convoluted or yeah. mixed up because the average person, when they say, oh, you're shorting, that means you want the stock price to decrease. But no, you know, you can short an option and have the stock price increasing. Mm. It's just the opposite of buying a call. You would sell a put. And when you sell a put, you want the stock price to increase. So you can set a range, literally, just by combining those options, and you can have the stock price fall right in between the range that you want it to, to fall in. Exactly. So let's say, for instance, if you're looking at charts, you don't necessarily have to get into charts, but if you're looking at charts and you see over the last quarter, let's say the stock price on average stayed between 30 and 40 bucks, you can create a, a, a strategy where you set your contracts at 30 and 40 bucks, stock price bounces between, you're automatically gonna make that money. Mm. You can't do that with stocks. Got it, got yeah. it. So one, how long have you been trading options? Oh man, I um, I got introduced to options in 2012. Um, I've been trading consistently the last three and a half years, well, two and a half years, but I've been studying options since 2012. Got it. Yeah, I study finance, um, and I found out about options through one of my clients. I used to work for Enterprise. That was my okay. first job right out of college. Okay. And uh, he was a Bank of America client. Mm. Um, that's one thing I loved about working at Enterprise, man. We get to pick up different people, like mm. everybody who's in charge of like business accounts. Got it, got and it. When I saw Merrill Lynch, uh, Bank of America, I was like, oh no, I'm picking this guy up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking this guy up. Because yeah. I, I always wanted to day trade. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted to day trade stocks. Yeah, yeah. And obviously that gets very expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's number is different. They say, hey, if you want to trade individual stocks, day trading, you know, you need about like 25 to 30 in capital, mm. right? So, you know, him being who he was, he was like, you need to look into what a covered call is. 
I'm like, okay, you know, let me let me see what he's talking about. Cover yeah. call. I checked it out. Now with the cover call, you still have to own a hundred shares. Yeah. Um, but there are ways with options where you can do a poor man's cover call. We don't have the the shares, but you can kind of mimic that you have okay. the shares. That's another conversation. <laughs> it's called a poor man's cover call. Cover, poor so man's cover call. let's say for instance, if you bought a hundred shares of the same Bank of America at thirty bucks. Yeah. Right. So you came out of pocket three thousand dollars. Now what you're gonna do is you're gonna take out insurance on that portfolio because what happens if the stock price decreases? Right. Yeah. So you can put yourself in a situation where it's like filing an insurance claim. Okay. You pay your insurance company for your cars if something were to happen. Yeah. yeah. So now what if the stock price increases? Uh, decreases. Yeah. So a covered call is you would sell a call. Now when you sell a call, you do want the stock price to decrease. Now you're going to collect a credit to insure or to sell the right to someone to take your shares from you. Mm. Now let's say for instance you bought it at thirty, but you sold a call at twenty nine bucks. Now, if that stock price and you collected, let's say you collected two dollars to sell that premium, right? Let's say if uh, the stock price goes down to twenty-eight dollars, so what you're going to do is collect that credit, two hundred dollars. Now you lowered your cost basis, so you paid the three thousand, but you also collected two hundred. So now you lowered your cost basis to twenty-eight hundred dollars. Mm. So technically, you only paid twenty-eight hundred dollars for a hundred shares of Bank of America at the market price. Mm. So that's one benefit to selling a covered call. So now you give yourself. A win-win scenario if the stock price dips to $27 you still make money because that $200 that you collected offsets your losses from the stock mm. so now you put yourself in a situation where if the stock price goes down to let's just say 28 bucks uh, I'm sorry yeah let's say 28 bucks okay you still have a hundred dollars out of the 200 you collected the the buyer whoever bought it from you they're not gonna exercise that because they can go to the market and buy it for a cheaper price so you're gonna keep the hundred dollars you're it. still gonna have your shares just don't sell it. Yes, it looks like it's a loss, but it's just on paper. Okay. And then just sell another cover call. So this is this is another reason why options are, um, how can I say this, are a good thing because it gives you an opportunity to generate additional income from your portfolio. God. From stock that you would just be um, sitting on anyway. Sorry, would you suggest someone with more trading experience to go about that way or so I just pick it up one day and just do it the same way you explained. Yeah, so a cover call is actually the first step that all professional traders recommend that amateur traders uh, take part in. Mm. Because you have the stock, it's covered. Yeah. You're not you're not they have a, a term what's called a naked position. Okay. So I'm not gonna sell my right I'm not gonna sell my right to give you hundred shares when I don't have hundred shares. Yeah. That's very risky. Because then if let's say for instance if it's a sign, you take it from me, now I have to come out of pocket for something I don't even have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's actually one of the first strategies that amateur um, options traders are recommended to take yeah if you have 100 shares and even even if you don't have the 100 shares there are ways to protect um your, your position because you can take now you can go into spreads that's adding contracts so you can buy and sell a contract at the same time that way you don't have a, a naked position okay. and of course i'll show you that once we go through the uh the demonstrations and whatnot got it got it so how about we get into that now so yeah. what we can do um we'll get this set up and yeah. then um we'll start with just showing on the screen got you all right so what you see here is Tastyworks. This is just a brokerage account that I use, yeah. that I choose to use because they have some of the lower fees in the industries. Also, they, the creators of Tastyworks, they actually created Thinkorswim. They changed the financial industry. Once they sold it to TD, uh, TD Bank, now, you know, TD Ameritrade, Thinkorswim, they actually created this, and I want to say it was 2011, and they made it 10 times better. Um, it's so user-friendly, so light, lightweight. It mimics actually high frequency trading um, technology. So that was huge for me because when you route your trades, um, that's important. Mm. Um, and this is not to knock you know, any other brokerage account, but you know, when they say, you know, I don't want to name like other names, but when they say, oh, you know, I don't pay anything for commissions, yeah. right? But I mean, you also have to think about how certain trades are routed, yeah. right? 
if, if, if I can put it into something that makes sense, when's the last time you flew? A month ago. Yeah, so let's say for instance, if you flew like first class or business class, yeah. more than likely you're gonna board the plane first. Yeah. But then if you're like in basic, you know, you're gonna probably board the plane last. Yeah. So the way your trades are routed, you know, you're saying, oh, I got free commissions, but it's probably the way your trades are routed, if that okay. makes sense. You got get it. what I'm saying? So with, with Tastyworks, you have that high frequency trading um, platform where all your trades are, are routed in real time, basically. Got it. So I want to use an example of Delta. I love Delta. Delta is one of my favorite uh, my companies. And this is not a recommendation, nor me saying you should buy Delta stock or trade Delta options. This is just for educational purposes only. No free promo. Not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So the first thing you're going to see is an options chain. When you're trading options, you're always going to see an options chain. It's going to give you the days to expiration. You can go all the way out to 2022. You can lock in a stock price all the way to 2022. So with my trading strategy, based off of Tastyworks research, your, your ideal time is 45 days. So right now it's only 40 days and 47, so I will go out 47, but tomorrow it's gonna to be 46 days because it changes as you know each day goes by. So for basics, just starting out a call. If I wanted to buy a call, you would ask, and we would go closer to the stock price. So this would be considered at the money. So this is a bullish strategy. You want the stock price to increase. This is one of the basic strategies, but this is also a lower probability strategy. If you notice, the probability of profit is 35%. Mm. And the reason being is because we have to pay a, a debit to lock in the stock price. Um, and it's gonna be the $229 because you gotta multiply it by 100. So you have to add, you see the strike price is 59. So we automatically need the stock price to go to 6129 just to get our debit back. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is why this is a lower probability trade because we have to have the stock price move. Yeah. So the, this is one reason why you shouldn't get into buying options, but this is how you would put a, a call. So if you see somebody saying, hey, I bought a call, all they did was go to the strike price and hit ask. Now, if they wanted to sell a call, you would just hit bid. So now you, this here, you want the stock price to decrease. So now that you're equivalent to shorting 100 shares of Delta. So this is how you would put your you know buying and selling, and with options, it makes it easier for you to short um, shares because, I mean, if you have to short 100 shares of Delta, you have to borrow the shares from someone else yeah. and then give it back to them at a later date. When it comes to options, you don't have to worry about borrowing shares from anyone. Yeah. You can mimic that trade through a stock option just by controlling the 100 shares. Okay. Now, just in regards to being non-directional, when you're shorting, when you're selling, another thing that I like about the Tastyworks platform is it puts everything here for you. So remember when I said you combine, when you combine two contracts, you can set a range. So this would be equivalent to being neutral. So let's say for instance, 50, 58 and 60. Right now you see the profit range, how it's in the middle. Mm. So now I can set a profit range. As long as the stock price of Delta stays between $58 and $60, I keep the premium that I collect, which is 340. And the stock price technically so what you're gonna do is take 340, $3.40 away from the short strike, the 58 bucks. The stock price can literally go down to $55 and I can still keep that premium. That's unheard of if you're just trading stocks. You don't have those options. Yeah. It's either one way, which is why trading options and when you're combining contracts, you have a higher probability. Because now you saw when I bought options, it was at what, like 35%? Yeah. But now that we're selling, you increase your chances because the stock price can bounce in multiple ways and yeah. you can still keep that. That probability. Yeah. I know it's a lot. You know, it's it's, it's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's actually more factors into it too, because your premium is made up of intrinsic and extrinsic value. So, a, an example of intrinsic value would be, let's say we bought 
a call at 58 and you see how the stock price is at 59.24 yeah so you have a dollar 24 of intrinsic value because you can you can take ownership of the stock at 58 bucks when it's trading at 59.24 mm. so that's that intrinsic value when you're buying you want it to be in the money of the intrinsic value yeah Got it. I know you have probably have a lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not forex. It's not, <laughs> this is all U.S. equities. Yeah, yeah. But you can trade futures. You can trade forex here. So I'll show you here. So you can trade Bitcoin. You can do options on like Bitcoin and everything. Got it. Uh, you have the, the ten-year yield curve. I mean, not times out of ten, you're not really going to talk to anybody right now. It's like, oh, I traded the ten-year yield curve. If you do, that says they're on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you can trade silver. Yeah. You can even trade different currencies. You got like uh, the Canadian dollar mm. up here. You see, it's like a little thing here. But yeah, you can gotcha. trade forex on. You can trade options on futures. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I love about options as well. You're just not limited to U.S. equities. Gotcha. So yeah. you still do have a lot of options. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You can be directional. You can be non-directional. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, do you teach on how to do that? So, can you talk more about? Yeah. Like, do you, I know you talk about you got that YouTube channel. Right. So, how right. do you how do you inform people, or what do you do to help people with this? So, I just rolled up my YouTube channel because um, it is very hard. You know, I get some people that reach out to me, like, "Yo, show me what you're doing." Yeah. You know, I don't really have the kind of time to sit down individually one-on-one yeah um so i would say it's easier to get to my youtube channel through my ig which is ty underscore t-l-w-e because youtube they have like the stipulations you gotta have like a thousand more subscribers to get the custom okay. like youtube link okay, okay um so the link is in my bio to follow my youtube page um i just rolled it out my first video if you want to check out i just rolled out on how to buy a call option it was something similar to what i walked you through but I broke down a little bit more of the lingo. I tried to, you know, dumb it down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. A little lingo on what a call option is. And then the next video I'm going to post next week is what a put option. And then after I go into that, I'm going to go more into the, the complexities of how options work, how the pricing models work, and how you can make a decision if you want to be bullish, bearish, or if you just don't know what's gonna, what you're going to do, how you can place a neutral trade. Got it, got it. So you heard that. If you're interested in, I guess, learning more, yeah. definitely check out his page. Uh, can you say that one more time? What's yeah, Ty. Underscore T L W E. All right, so you can go check them out there. Um, and I think that that concludes today's episode. I want to yep. thank you again for coming on today, talking to us about the LLCs. Had a great conversation, yep. getting a little, um, you know, a little preview, a right. little bit, you right. know, a little brief introduction. I know it's a lot, but listen, you, you'll get it eventually. Yeah. And it, it's a how can I say this? You're not going to need as much capital as you think to get into the stock market by trading options. Got it, got it. So you heard that. I think it's if you're interested, definitely do it. You know what I mean? Follow, follow if that's something that you want to learn more about. So it's another stream of making money. And like we Absolutely. said before, it's not necessarily, you don't have to think about, oh, it's a rich people thing. You just have to be informed. And after you're informed, you just have to go take action. Yeah. Um, so that's what it's about. And I want to thank you for allowing us to use this facility. This Bro, is, thanks for having me, man. Uh, this, this is big. Yeah, it's really fully support. Like you said, we met him at the UIL conference. Uh, event back in DC. So shout out to UIL. I bring them out every episode. I bring them out every episode. Every for real. Got to. Yeah, Got man. To. They they've like been a group. They that's been, the free promo he's doing, bro. Yeah, that's the only free promo. <laughs> Everybody got to eat, bro. Everybody hey, eats. That's true. That's nah, true. Nah, but they, they've allowed me to network with some really great people, so I really have to make shout out where, you know, give credit where credit is due. So shout out to those boys over there. Um, and yeah, man, thank you. Thank you again. Yes, sir. That was a great episode. <laughs>